The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Man, Danny, what a blast it was to be out at Indy all weekend, huh? Was that even real, Paul? It went by so fast. There was just so much stuff to cover. Guys, we tried to get as many mini episodes out as we could for you. Um, It was just crazy. We got uh, some awesome opportunities. Danny got a chance to do some announcing at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway. I jumped on the mic a few times myself. That was a lot of fun. Oh, the view out of the glass in the tower, that was just phenomenal. Absolutely. And then, of course, we want to say thank you to everybody that came up and joined us to do episodes, even guys like Ryan Milliken, who we grabbed on uh, on his way to be somewhere else. That was awesome. We saw so many people. I finally got to meet all these people we talk about every single episode. Absolutely. And the trucks competing, guys, it was phenomenal. I know there's a, a lot of talk on both sides of the fence out there about how the UCC went. I'll be honest with you, if you think you can build a 2,000-horsepower truck and keep it reliable, you probably haven't built a 2,000-horsepower truck. We couldn't think of anybody better to talk to about that besides, of course, second place overall finisher, Derek Rose. How's it going? Hey, pretty good, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Derek Rose, of course, DNR Customs had the billet common rail block with a 12-valve head out there this weekend and just murdered it at the UCC. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did pretty good. I was pretty happy overall. Pulled a 9164 at the drag times, 2,047 horsepower, 2,778 for torque, and then, of course, uh, sled pulled at 312 feet. Just absolutely phenomenal numbers out of this truck. How did it? Uh, how the drag races feel, man? You you seem to hook up pretty good and uh, just shit and get. Yeah, I mean, fresh out of the trailer, no testing. I was pretty happy. We um, we went out there what, Thursday night. We had a little test and tune action, and it ran a, a clean 10-0 pass. And um, I thought it had a lot more left in it with that tune, and went out Friday the first first time out with it and damn thing ran a 1003 or something again and i was like man so <laughs> i just decided i uh we turned it up a little bit and um didn't change anything else just added a little bit more fuel and went out and did a, a 916 um with a bunch of things still going wrong as far as uh like my shifting went and everything and um i was pretty happy though i mean just for a little bit of fuel we added and it just it just went straight and well it didn't really go too straight it got a little little you know left and right it really never does go straight but uh <laughs> it still went pretty quick now for our listeners that don't know who d rose are i feel i feel bad for you but you have a regular cab the iconic blue cummins with the big old yellow bd sticker on the tail of the truck Absolutely. Yeah, real easy to spot in the pits. That that made it simple for us. Uh, Derek, maybe again for our newer listeners, walk us through the build. What all do you have done to this truck? So it's a, um, has an LSM shy, uh, LSM shy aluminum uh, block based off of a 6.7 common rail block. Has a Waggler Competition 12-valve cylinder head with uh, the common rail injectors. You know, so it's uh, it's sim looks just like a 12 valve cylinder head. Same, you know, injectors go in the same location, and uh, it's just it's kind of unique uh, versus a uh, regular traditional 24 valve. Uh, it's got a D and J precision triple CP3 custom aluminum uh, front cover on it, and other than that, it's uh, just your average 
grocery getting, you know, fixed motor, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the turbo setup on there, Derek, for your average grocery getter? Uh, we have a set of turbos from BD Diesel. They're at the 594 on the manifold with 288 up front. Whew. Yeah. Man, she sounded nasty spooling up on the line. Yeah. Walk me through the tires. How'd you get this thing to hook up? Um, well, we only managed, what, three or four passes, uh, and it did really well for the track conditions. Track was really, you know, it was cool, so, um, and everyone was pretty much beating down the, the right lane, so it was, it started to go away, but, I mean, it, it, it worked pretty good. I mean, we, we left pretty soft. I don't know if anyone was there. They could see my truck. It was something a little bit different. Uh, me and Ryan decided uh, to put, put on a staging limiter, so sitting there on the line, basically bouncing off the rev limiter that we set for... Um, based off a of boost. So that was actually something I never tried before. That was the first. So that actually helped, um, I think, the thing come out smooth and consistent. Um, we have a lot left. I was leaving really soft, so it just trying to get a feel for it. But, you know, three or four passes with no with no testing, I just kind of left it alone because it was, you know, it was cutting a consistent, like, one five to 60 foot. So I was happy. Huh. What made you go in the right lane over the left lane? Um, don't tell anybody, but I put my seat in the center and, uh, the stacks block the, block the, uh, when, when, it, when she's a little dirty coming up, it blocks the lights a little bit. So, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> I see. I like it. I like it. It's those little things you didn't think of when you were putting it together, right? Like seeing the staging lights. Yeah. It, it's not too bad, but it just, it's easier for me, um, to be in the right to be in the right lane, but I mean, I have no problem. I, you know, did quite a bit last year being in the left lane. It's, it's not really that big of a deal. Just, it's just easier. So I figured, uh, no big deal. Let's just stay in the right. Yeah. Well, I think about what, 10 passes through the night, you had to be in the right lane. Nobody was allowed in the left anymore. Yeah. That one got oiled down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It was a full weekend of, uh, I would say heartbreaks on the uh, drag strip. And you said even you guys were fighting some problems. What were some of the problems you guys were uh, having issues with? Just my stubborn air shifter. It's kind of been a three or four year running problem. And I think I'm probably going to pull it out of the truck and either uh, put it in my burn barrel behind my house or <laughs> maybe just sell it to somebody. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just we, we keep missing shifts. Um, I got one of the, you know, a precision air shifter and i don't know if it's ecm if it's tuning or if it's just just the way the thing way it's gated um it's it's, it's rather frustrating because we went out for one last pass after i did that 916 i left hard and i knew the thing was going to be on a terror it, it it was it was moving and sure shit that uh that thing hung second gear and i don't know because i just once i leave it pretty much goes to the floor so i'm just expecting that it it's supposed to shift, and when it doesn't, I, I usually realize around 6,000 RPM when the motor starts making funny noises. Ooh. That's not supposed no to be load, that high, so. man. <laughs> okay, well, actually, go ahead. Other than that, I mean, the, the truck, I mean, we had no problems. I mean, the transmission worked great. It did exactly what it was told, and, the tr I mean, no leaks. Uh, it stayed cool. I was... I couldn't be happier. I mean, I really wanted that 890 bad, but next time out, um, it'll happen. Gotcha. Any? Are, are you going to Rudy's this weekend or any other shows that you got coming up soon? 
No, we're. I, I guess I don't want to spoil the end of the show, but we're we're a little hurt right now, so we gotta we gotta take a little time off. Okay, okay, I hear you. A lot like of guys financially do. hurt or like the motor <laughs> being hurt. Uh, motor hurt. Motor and, hurt. Well, that mo- financially too, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, as racers, we would figure out a way to go, right? But uh, motor wise, we we gotta uh, pull apart. Yeah, okay. speaking of that, uh, we're going to put together uh, all weekend. All I heard from everybody was just send it, send it, send it. That's like the phrase I think that I think we heard the most. So we decided that we want to do an episode of sending it and what it's going to do uh, to the truck or maybe somebody that had success sending it or somebody that failed by sending it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, when, when's the right time to send it? That's right. right. How far yeah. hurt is it? Well, speaking of sending it, you guys put it down on the dyno. You definitely sent it there. Uh, 2,047 horsepower, 2,778 on the torque. Phenomenal numbers, man. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats. Is yeah, that- that, I mean, that went, that went well, too. I was a little nervous. We I ended up using my drag tires um, because it's hard to find a speed-rated tire for, you know, 150-plus on, on the dyno, and... Um, I seen uh, Rudy's. They used the same you know, M and H uh, drag, uh, the, basically the cheater slicks that uh, that I run in my you know everyday racing. And I was like, well, hell, if he ran them last year, they worked good. I would, I just said screw it, and I ran those, and they hooked up really well. And I was uh, I was happy with the dyno numbers. I mean, we beat we beat what we did last year, uh, and um, you know it, it was it was it was running good. I mean, it, there was no no complaints. Yeah, I would have liked more, but um, <laughs> my chargers, I, I really don't have, I kind of went with a, uh, an average setup. You know, we ran the same thing all weekend long, and uh, it, it did well. It did, you know, it did what it was told. Okay. I heard some different feedback on the dyno about maybe some guys not being used to it or it being set up or it loading a little bit differently than what they were used to. Uh, is 2047 about what you expected? Uh, I was shooting for around the 22 mark. I, I really think that's kind of where it was at. But brand new setup, we really didn't know what we were doing. We just had some engine dyno numbers to go off of. And I think we're still a little shy on fuel. Uh, for as much as I was giving it, the nitrogen clean it, clean it right up. But we're going to get back with the guys at SNS and, you know, try a few things this summer and see if we can get it a little bit, get her to run a little bit um you know, a little bit higher. Absolutely, yeah. There's always more in it, right? That's that's the big question. I feel like that's what the whole UCC was is about: is how much more can you do? Um, yeah, it felt it felt like the dyno was a bit was a bit tight tighter than it was out in Utah. You know, that was only my second time on the dyno, but it just seemed like going what other guys ran. I kind of kind of thought it was it was maybe reading just a tad tad low it was a little bit tight i mean i knew you know the guys from industrial put in a uh, a lot of hours on the dyno and they brought a lot more air and about the same amount of fuel maybe a little bit more fuel than what we had but just a lot more air and uh you know their numbers were pretty much matched from the previous year so but neither here or there it was you know we all got to do it on the same day and uh it, it doesn't really matter about the the end number it was about you know the whole day and mm-hmm. everybody being uh, dynoing this, you know, same day, same conditions, everything. So there's really nothing to complain about. I'm glad you brought that up because the consistency is what matters. As long as everybody had, you know, the same type of pole, that's what mattered most to me personally. 
Yeah, absolutely. The number is is subjective, right? So the number can be manipulated based on dyno operators and the dyno you're on and the elevation you're at and the correction factor. But if everybody's in the same game, if everybody's using the same tool to measure it, you lose all of those variables. So now we get to see, regardless of what the number was, who made the most horsepower. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a shame, honestly, how the dyno has the numbers are so skewed around. You know, just the diesel world. It's it's almost become a nuisance because, you know, your average guy thinks you know they'll they'll come into my shop and they'll I want twelve hundred hours or fifteen hundred hours daily driver and they're like and you're like no you don't you don't even, you know you don't you don't realize what it takes to make that kind of power and and put it to the ground and, and not break and not be wrenching it out of, all the time. So all the hype of 3,000 horse, you know, maybe people were disappointed, but, I mean, it's, it's a, it takes a lot of lot of work to make, make the pi- kind of power, you know, some of us were making. And um, it would just be nice for some people to, to realize that and not be like, oh, well, they did that last year and they suck now. You know, they didn't make, they didn't make any more horsepower. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. You know, uh, we deal with that all the time, right? It used to be 700 horsepower, then it was 1,000, and now guys want over 1,000. Everybody wants over 1,000, but keeping it together is a real question. There is no reliable 1,500 horsepower plus truck. That just doesn't exist. Um, What kind of steps did you take to try to make sure that you were going to be able to keep your truck together the whole weekend? Pretty much just based it off of what we kind of did last year. Um, as far as drivetrain-wise, we upgraded the axle shaft. Uh, Yukon uh, helped us out on pricing for axle shafts, so we decided to upgrade to some heavy-duty you know, axles. And other than that, pretty much from the back of my cab stayed the same. We changed a lot of the wiring, just tried to make things just uh, simplify them and know, you know, not to have problems. But motor-wise, I mean, I was going into that as far as, we're going in blind. I mean, I know I have a solid um, foundation for making power, but it was it was kind of unproven what we were doing. Right. Uh, but it, I guess in the end, it it all you know it all worked out pretty well. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you put it down on the torque, right? What was the second highest torque of the day, if I remember correctly, twenty seven seventy eight. I think Baca's the only one who had actually more torque out of it. Um, but seeing you guys put down three eleven at the sled pull track. Man, that damn near got me giddy, huh, Danny? I couldn't believe he took out Wade Minter. Um, well, it didn't take him out, but jumped ahead of him by just, I would say, 12 inches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a foot. Yeah, it's, it's 311 and 312. Oh, yeah. So you really snaked that one out there. Um, tell me about the sled pull track. That's not usually where you spend most of your time, is it? No, never. Uh, I mean, just local stuff around home. Uh, we had. We had a good idea, based like again, based on what the truck did the year before. We moved the weights around a little bit different this year. Uh, went with the same tires, uh, pretty much same, same. The only difference is, uh, um, was really the engine uh, from what we did last year. And the track was, it, we we're a little bit bummed about not having much water on it, but they had a, they had a technical difficulty in there, and so the track was a bit dry, as everyone could see the first go around, and uh, it. It still still went good. I mean, we we hammered it. I lit the tires up a little bit out of, off the line. I, I feathered out and got got her into second and third gear and pretty much just put it to the floor. And uh, it, it had a decent pull. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't everything it had, but it. I think I the mistake that I made right when I left 
cost me, you know, a couple feet at the end, given the track conditions. Um, but, the, you sure. know, the first run went, went pretty well. I think we were in second or third place. Uh, it was all going by points, you know, because we knew I had to beat Levon by 35 feet in yeah. order to, to win. And uh, third place had to beat me by about 35 or 40 feet to, to win. So after the first poll, I pretty much knew I had second place locked up. Like as a team, we knew no matter what, we had second place. Right. Did you go back out for the second poll? Danny and I actually cut after the first round of polls. We didn't actually get to stick around and see. We had to get home. But uh, did you go out for a second hook? Oh, yeah. Second polls where it got interesting. That was uh, coming back to our earlier story. So we got, after the first poll, um, got, it towed, got it towed back around, fired back up, and I heard a, I heard a tick through the, through the intake side, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. So we towed it all the way back to the pit. Uh, we dumped the oil out of it trying to get them get the engine temp because we only had an hour and we had to be back ready to go so with a solid block no water um we were trying to just figure out you know get the get the oil temp down right and i pulled the valve cover off ran the overhead on it and every all the valves were a little tight but i couldn't find anything wrong and we put the valve cover back on fired it back up still had a pretty good uh tick on the intake side sound like a burn up a valve so we we made a team decision that uh we're just gonna uh we're gonna run it so send it uh we we yeah i, I didn't want to say that but you can <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we went we went back around and you know i fired it up and got a couple couple people were looking like uh-oh that don't sound right but i didn't you know it didn't really matter i really wanted uh i was the only one left that could potentially you know uh, win so we i just i got her on the line i i started in a different gear this time and it that thing come out of the hole like a bat out of hell and it it, it was on a mission i mean we, i'd like to know ground speed i asked a couple people yeah. nobody could really figure it out but if you guys go back and watch the videos mm-hmm. it was clipping like we were it, they, <laughs> they watered the track the track totally changed and the truck was just on a mission and once we hit about the 100 foot mark uh, I, I grabbed every bit of nitrous that thing had, and I held it right to the very end. And you can see if you watch the video, we uh, we cooked her. We cooked her pretty good. So <laughs> probably probably put a hole or two in a piston. Not not real sure, but it uh, it it kind of it just quit. It just petered out. Probably petered out around the the 290 mark. And oh. we are, we had so much momentum, we literally. Uh, drug the sled to the 304. I mean, it, when other people were breaking, you know, like so when the other guys were breaking, pretty much they were done. Like it just stopped. But yeah. we had, we had it moving pretty good. It, it was going out the back door, and and a lot of people knew it until it uh and, until it petered out. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I wanted to win, and that's the price you pay for uh, for trying to win. Well, if you're gonna have heartbreak, thank God it was the last pull of the last event. You know, so many other guys were not as fortunate. I was I was talking with James Brenda who put this whole entire event together. Um, one of the main guys that did that, and one thing that I suggested for next year was to get um, a wheel speed up so everybody knows what kind of speed these guys are going down the track on the pull track, and then also to know where they landed as far as footage. So the whole crowd has you know everything right in front of them, and even if they didn't hear the announcer because of all the commotion going on, they can look up and see that. Yeah, it'd be great to get a board at a lot of these events. I know that's one of always my biggest complaints about a sled pull is you're always waiting for the announcer to tell you who's in first. 
Um, yeah. But all right, as you look back at this event, uh, I guess first I want to ask, what kind of changes did you make from one event to the next? You said you kept the the drag tires on for the, the night at the drag strip and for the day on the dyno, correct? Yeah, yeah, we just, we, we didn't do a whole bunch. We just did a couple suspension changes, got ready for the, the dyno, uh, did a little tuning. Me and Ryan had uh, had some coffee, would be uh, Saturday morning, and we tuned her up a little bit from the drag race file and pretty much loaded the tune and went there. I went to the dyno with a uh, conservative, like our first number I think was 1950. And uh, that was on a decent conservative tune, but then I wanted, we needed more obviously. <laughs> so <laughs> tur- turned it up for that second pass and able to get another hundred horse. And we kind of realized we were, you know, we were up against, uh, you know, we were out of fuel. But um, in between, let's see that and the drag. Yeah, the drag. There wasn't much changes. We 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 decided we pulled our transmission out. We looked at it. We had a couple burnt forward clutches, but other than that, the trans looked pretty good. Uh, so I was, I was real happy there. We could have probably ran the same transmission all event, which you know, which probably not a lot of guys did. Right. Um, at, and then the sled pull, obviously, there was a lot of suspension changes, tire changes, you know, wheel spacers. Yeah, you threw uh, the no duels gear, on. No, yeah, no gear changes or anything like that. As You know, I felt we were almost, I think we actually all went to bed early Saturday night. I almost felt bad for a lot of, uh, you know, competitors because a lot of guys were doing, you know, transmission swaps, gear swaps, axle swaps, motor swaps. I mean, you name it, they were they were doing a lot of work and, Hell, we I think I think we went to bed about ten thirty. So. <laughs> what did your truck weigh before the sled pull event? Honestly, I don't know. We we never got a chance to weigh it uh, with the new setup, um, so I, I I don't know. I'm hoping and guessing probably around the fifty two hundred mark. Oh wow! But uh, we were fifty what fifty five or fifty four fifty last year. So, not quite sure. I'll probably get it weighed here after I uh, get it, you know, assess the damage and get it fixed back up. And open right now, the goal is to hit uh, Michael Dalton's uh, race at the end of July. That's probably going to be a realistic date right now for us. Okay. What's the goal for that event? Are we going to try to break it into the eight nines then, or are we pretty happy where we are? No, I'll, I'll go testing before I go racing. So, you know, we'd be. Uh, I'll be testing sometime, you know, whenever we get it back together, I'll just go to my local track where there's nobody at and uh, do some testing. And I'm pretty, I feel real confident. I'm going to change the shifter. Uh, if this thing, this thing might go, you know, into the eighth, uh, the very next pass out. Because uh, once it leaves, I'll know if everything's right and it'll put down, you know, it'll put it down and I'll be happy if she gets any anything below 899 right now. Absolutely. Well, Derek, we're going to ask you just a few more questions after a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Phil Grandinetti, service manager at Calibrated Power Solutions. As you probably know, we install high-performance equipment for your diesel truck, twin turbo kits, dual fueler kits, injectors, our stealth turbos, our DT750 and DT1000 transmissions. But what you may not know is that our techs can also diagnose and repair most of the systems on your truck, including electrical, starting and charging, AC, brakes, ABS, 
steering and suspension. You can reach us at 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stell 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. All right, and we're back with Derek Rose talking about our weekend out at the UCC. Obviously, Derek just killed it out at the track on the dyno and, of course, in the dirt, pulling second place overall with 2,337 points, uh, .118. Danny, you got a chance to see how the points were calculated. Yeah, I took a picture of it. I could find it real quick, but it was basically a little algebra they put together to calculate the points. Yeah, yeah. So basically, whatever your time was, there's a little bit of math to then figure out how many points you get for that. Whatever your Dyno and torque numbers are combined. Again, same thing. They're able to derive back uh, how many points are assigned. And then total points are what won it. Danny, I thought what was interesting is we've been covering the UCC for months now. Up until Saturday, we didn't know that there were any payouts involved. Crazy. Is that? And then we found out that there was a lot of payouts involved, or at least some big numbers. Nothing like what it costs to build one of these trucks. Right, Derek? No. <laughs> um they did announce it though tell us what did second place pay out for the for the ultimate call out challenge i was a six thousand dollar check for second overall and then each individual event uh first second third also got payouts nice okay okay so we so you you were able to capitalize on a couple payouts help you know recoup the cost of fuel to get there and back but uh other than that, you got to start thinking about what's next year look like. So you said we're going to get the truck back out to drag racing, maybe change up the shifter, hopefully get it into the eights. Are you planning on bringing the same setup three years in a row, or are we uh, starting to already plan for next year? Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure we're going to do UCC again. I mean, it'll. I guess it'll come down to location, uh, payouts again, and... Uh, just whether or not we want to do it. I mean, it's a lot of people don't realize the, the sacrifice that it takes to, you know, to put a truck together and, you know, try to get to that level again, you know, like the internet, the keyboard warriors, I'll call them. They, they, those are the type that kind of bring you down. And it's like, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see where it's going to go again. I mean, the, the truck's a drag truck. I mean, I, when I pulled it out of the trailer Sunday, know what when i get home monday night it was it had more dirt on it than i i care to ever see again so <laughs> i i got it all wa- i got it all washed up and you know i, I want to spend some time on the asphalt this summer but i mean did you just say you washed a truck with a with a hole in the piston uh well <laughs> I, don't know if it's got a, I don't know if it's got a hole in the piston yet but i mean i the motor's still the motor's still all solid so that, i mean that that's gotcha. a good thing, but I mean, we had oil everywhere and there's mud everywhere, so it, yeah. it got all cleaned up and you know it looks good again. So once I once I get motivated here after getting 
unpacked and everything, I'll probably I'll probably get it apart and just get things going because you know machining takes time and get everything. You know, it takes time to get a motor together. Sure. I, I still can't believe that you read what any keyboard warrior would even think about saying. I would just kind of breeze by all those and not even think about what anybody else had to say. You took home the bacon, man. You know, I don't. It, it has been a very entertaining reading all the haters. Uh, to be honest with you, I was on a thread today. Oh, man, I was on a thread today, and they were just tagging uh, the competitors. There was a few competitors that were talking, and they were posting because, you know, there's a lot of guys – memes of Baca's truck the fast or the most powerful 12 second truck out there and what, what stuff dicks. like this and guys talking shit and uh it was funny to see four or five competitors on a thread talking about like yeah these guys you know talk shit about about 1200 horsepower or 12 second trucks not being fast but they've never run a 12 um you know or 2000 horsepower not being 3000 horsepower but they're making 400 horsepower in their truck so like when we start to talk about the sacrifices and what it takes to compete at this level, give us a little insight, Derek. What do you have to give up to do this? Well, it depends if, you know, this, honestly, this sport, if you're, a, you know, a single dude, you know, you're much better off. But when you got a family, whether or not you got, you know, just a wife or you got a couple kids, it's like, you know, we, I run a shop during the day, so, you know, we can't. I, I don't get paid to work on my truck all day. So literally, <laughs> you know, after closing time, you have to, with the time you usually go home and spend time with your family, you're there working on your truck till, you know, who knows when, and the weekends. And I spent a lot of time down in Indy this year, away from, you know, away from home. And it's just, I would say that's, that's one of the biggest things is, is family, obviously, but then just the money. I mean, literally when, you know, everybody tries to set out a budget for the, for doing this. And then, oh, shit, you know, you forgot about this, and, you know, what's another five grand to finish something or ten grand, you know, and it's it, when you're this far deep and you're a month away, it's, I mean, almost all the competitors can probably attest to it. It's like I'm sure everybody was, you know, overspending and uh, just, just to get stuff done. And, and then it's going to probably take me six months to recover business-wise for just the financial strain of, you know, getting the truck done. And that's what it is. You know, you remember back when we had Chris Emke on the show, Danny, and he said, oh, you want to make a thousand horsepower or figure out your budget, crumple it up, throw it away. And it's probably because it's probably going to be double that. Now we're talking about 2000 plus horsepower. It's even crazier. And it's also it's not like you can just call up somebody and have them ship you a part off the shelf. Right. You know, we had um, a little damage to my cylinder head from, you know, the engine dyno. And, you know, we're we're in crunch time. And it was Sunday night when I when I found it, and literally I'm home. So if I was going to UPS it, it would have took you know a couple day turnaround to go back down to Jeremy's. I literally got my truck Sunday night after dinner with with the family. I drove all night and I was at Wagler's at 7 a.m. or yeah 7 a.m. when he opened, and literally they fixed. Uh, you know we got the cylinder head fixed. I left there, went to fleece picked up some more parts and got back home the following day at like midnight. So I don't even know how long it took me, but like literally it was you know, <laughs> shit like that. that just wears on you um, because you, you have to get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. We uh, appreciate all your efforts and putting on an awesome show. We were, you were definitely entertaining. And me personally, I want you to come back next year and I hope you have what it takes to uh, put everything together on your end. Cause I know what sacrifices you made. That's right. And also, Derek, before we let you go for the day, who do you want to give a shout-out to? Who is a big help for you at the UCC? 
Uh, I mean, got to give hands up to, you know, the guys at BD Diesel. They they stood behind me on, on this new adventure. Uh, they, they, they supply us with a lot of parts, and they really take care of me. Um, they helped out a lot on this new build. Uh, Fleet's performance, those guys, I, I can't say enough. I mean, I spent a lot of time down there this winter. It, um, you know, it was, it was almost like my second home. Uh, basically, Fleece and uh, Freedom Engines, that's where they build all of, like, the Fleece performance, you know, Fleece Motors. Uh, it's, a, it's a secondary company. But Freedom Racing Engines, they, uh, I mean, they literally just opened the doors for me, and I'd go in there, and I would pretty much do a lot of my own stuff, and, you know, because it was always, you know, I was a low-budget low budget customer for them, so I'd let them do their own thing, and I'd, I'd get everything ready, and, you know, me and Chase would, uh, would just start dynoing, and I'd help out if they needed something down there, so... It worked out really well. Uh, Diamond Pistons and Trent Performance, it's kind of another same company, but two companies. Those guys just bent over backwards for me. You know, we've had a couple different sets of pistons go through this thing. Uh, it was just no questions asked. They they wanted to be involved, and, I, you know, they've been a sponsor of mine for three, four years now, and just a great great group of guys over there. Uh, D&J Precision, they helped out on the, on the front cover. Uh, I was real happy with Drew. I mean, he had a concept of that new triple CP3 cover and, you know, 30 days, it went from a concept to, you know, actual working part. And I think it's just worked flawlessly. Can't thank them enough. Um, Shides helped out with a lot of technical stuff. We bought a lot of parts from them. They're, you know, decent go-to for, you know, some tech questions on the new setup. Uh, Wagler, another company just completely bent over backwards, uh, you know, for us. Uh, SNS Motorsports. We had several different sets of injectors go in the new motor, and they were, we buy a lot of stuff from them, you know, through my shop, and they, I, you know, I can't thank them enough also. Uh, a couple add-ons, we had uh, Yukon stepped up, uh, helped us out with some axles, vibrant performance, sent us a bunch of fittings and clamps. Um, my local shop, Frank's Transmission, they, they pretty much take care of all the, the rebuilds and the R&R on my race tranny. Uh, my guys at the shop, I mean, with you know, without them, I was gone, you know, more than I'd ever like to be away from, you know, my business this winter doing stuff, and they held the fort down really good. Uh, you know, my wife for putting up with me. A couple <laughs> other guys, um, Joel, he's pretty much my number one guy, uh, just a friend, another is a sled puller up here. He, he's helped me doing a lot of wiring stuff, and, you know, we spent a lot of late nights working on the truck. Um Another buddy, Dylan, come in, help me do um, uh, intercooler plumbing. You know, my grandpa and my family, just there's, there's a lot involved that people don't really realize. It, it, takes a, it takes a big team. Absolutely. Well, you know what, Derek, congratulations for putting that team together, and congratulations for uh, putting on such an amazing show and having such great results at the UCC. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and we look forward to doing this again sometime. Not a problem. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, 
send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Huh. What made you go in the right lane over the left lane? Um, don't tell anybody, but I put my seat in the center, and uh, the stacks block, blocks the lights a little bit, So, but don't tell anybody. Huh. 